What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, August 21st. Thank you for tuning in. We have made it to the end of another winless week for the Detroit Tigers. Well, I guess they could still win today, but they probably won't. Let's talk about it. Yesterday was an ugly, ugly loss to the Chicago White Sox, 9 to nothing. I'd say the worst game of the season so far, you know, 23 games in. It was very reminiscent of the kind of losses that we would see last season where they'd fall behind early and you just never felt like they had a chance. Team on the south side asserting their dominance against these Tigers. A really impressive showing for the White Sox. I mean, yes, they beat up on a really bad team, but they put their talents on display. And once again, they are proving to not just Detroit, but I think all the baseball world that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with here over the next several seasons to come. But in terms of how the Tigers looked, it was a, it was a remarkably bad game. And it starts with the guy who, who was on the mound, Spencer Turnbull. His worst start of the season by far, two innings, two hits, three runs, all of them earned four walks and zero strikeouts yesterday. I've talked about this with him before, where in his first couple starts this season, he looked like a different pitcher because he was a guy whose command was substantially better. And when he was getting into those high leverage situations, uh, he, he was able to kind of clamp down and pitch around it, was not able to do that yesterday. Now, it... It doesn't help that he's going up against a lineup where there's really not a single easy out whatsoever, but the fact is uh, his command completely fell apart. I mean, from the first pitch, you could tell he didn't have it. A very disappointing start for Spencer Turnbull, a guy who looked so good through his first couple starts this season. You know, took a step back against the Indians in his last start, and then yesterday I thought was was truly awful. You know what's weird? You know, he only gave up two hits. Neither one of them hit particularly hard. His issue is just control, is throwing strikes. And I know that sounds strange, like that should be one of the most obvious things for a pitcher to do, but it's not stuff with him. The stuff is excellent. Even yesterday, the fastball was hovering around 95 miles per hour. It's just his consistency that is going to be an issue with him and was an issue yesterday. He was horrible yesterday. 60 pitches, 31 strikes, 29 balls, nearly a 50-50 ratio. That is, uh, that's truly awful. Uh, nobody was good yesterday. Nobody. The offense was terrible, and Lucas Giolito was fantastic yesterday. Giolito, seven innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, and tied a career high with 13 strikeouts. He was great, and I think in the last couple innings, he was basically un- untouchable. But in the first few innings, I don't know what the Tigers were seeing, and I don't know what scouting report they read, but it just, it seemed very clear to me. It was very similar to the kind of at-bats we saw when Lloyd McClendon was here, where it was like, what are you looking for in that at-bat? Like, you need to have some sort of idea what a pitcher's throwing. It looked all day yesterday, especially in the first several innings, like they were facing a guy that they'd never faced before. Except it wasn't. Lucas Giolito was a guy the Tigers have seen quite often over the last two or three seasons. What it goes to show is that this offense really just isn't very good. And yes, I thought Lucas Giolito was excellent yesterday, but but water has found its level. And I know I've used that term a lot. And I thought my post-game yesterday, not to pat myself on the back too much, but I'm not... I'm not much of an egomaniac, so I'm going to here. I thought the video I posted after the game yesterday was 
was one of the best I've ever made. I made a point that debunks a lot of some of the ideas or hopes that some people might have had for this baseball team. Let's face it. And I was waiting for this moment. We knew this moment would come. They've lost nine games in a row now. This is a pitiful baseball team. It is truly an abysmal ball club. One of the five worst in the entire sport. They are brutal. They're brutal offensively outside of a few guys who can, you know, occasionally hit home runs. They have a guy in the number three spot in Miguel Cabrera who bats number three every day and he's a bad hitter right now. I can't believe I said that. I didn't think I ever would. Miguel Cabrera at this time of his career is a bad hitter. He was 0 for 4 yesterday, dropping his average down to 181 and the OPS down to 611. I know that the analytics department came up with this new and quote-unquote improved lineup with you know guys like Candy at the top and, and, and Jacoby in the number 2 spot, which look, you know what? Analytics, that's kind of what we're looking for here. Admirable. There is no analytic right now that supports the fact that Miguel Cabrera should be batting third on, on any team, even a team as bad as this one. Move him down. The Astros. Uh, obviously a much better team, moved Jose Altuve, who recently, within the last couple years, won an MVP, has been an all-star like every season, one of the best hitters of a generation, yes, trash can jokes aside, Jose Altuve is great, they moved him down in the lineup because he was struggling, and yet Miguel Cabrera continually bats third every day. It's, it's really sad to watch, and look, I know this will never happen, and this is complete wishful thinking on my part, but uh, I can dream, okay? With Casey Mize getting called up this week, oh, I think we've all been dreaming. In 2014, when the Tigers were going into the postseason, Miguel Cabrera said, screw my playoff bonus, I just want a ring, don't give me the bonus. Now, ultimately, I think the organization said, look, it's, it's in the contract, you gotta take it, and he did, but still, it made me think that Miguel Cabrera... It, you know, hopefully, at this point in his career now that he's getting older and older, is in it more for the competitiveness and not so much for the individual accolades because there ain't going to be a whole lot of individual accolades other than him crawling to 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Hey, just try it. If I'm Chris Illich or Avila or whoever's signing the checks there, just try it. Bring in Miguel Cabrera and say, look, buddy, you've done amazing things here. Thank you for everything you've done. But right now... You're hurting the team. And do you want to be a champion? And I'm sure Miggy would say, yeah, I'd like to be a champion here. Okay, how about we restructure your contract? Just for the last couple of years. We don't even have to start uh, this restructuring until after next season. But how about just for the last two or three years of your deal here, how about we restructure it a little bit? It'll allow us to open up the checkbook a little bit more. You know, it's worth a shot. Just ask. And I know that that will never happen. And I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but I, I can dream. But back to the point I made in my post-game video yesterday. Th this is a pitiful baseball team. It's one of the worst in the entire sport. They strike out all the time. They don't have a great pitching staff. That bullpen, which early on in the season was a bright spot, has fallen apart as expected. I'll talk about Joe Jimenez here in a second, who's just been terrible. I know that there were a lot of people who might have bought into the narrative that in a 60-game season, anything can happen. Whoa! I never did. I think it was very naive. Uh, that some people ultimately did. The truth is, teams with bad players and little talent don't become less bad because they play fewer games. And I said this in my post game, but I like I know I've been saying that a lot. Oh, I said this in my post game, but it's worth reiterating. Darn it, the Padres. The White Sox, those are teams that benefit from a 60-game season. Young, talented cores, good players that they acquired over the last several years, those are teams that benefit from this 60-game sprint. A team full of bad players would not benefit in a 60-game season or a 16-game season. Baseball has a weird way of always working things out, and that's what we're seeing right now. 
a bad team proving to the, the entire world that they are, in fact, a bad team. And it's it's not fun to watch. Outside of watching Mize and Scooball here the rest of the year, there's not a whole lot to look forward to right now. Yes, it's not all bad. And I know I'm probably doom and gloom right now. This team, even at their worst, is infinitely more interesting than last year's team. And, and the more that time has gone on, the more I've realized, I think last year's team might have been worse than 2003. Because like, 2003, by the end of the year, and look, that team, they didn't get much better, and they never got good. That team, in fairness, got a little bit better as the year went along. And by the end of the year, they had that, that rally there against the Twins. They avoided breaking or tying the, the American League record for most losses. You had Demetri Young, who was a top 20 hitter in baseball that year. By the second half of last season, I think last year's Tigers were as bad as any team that has ever stepped on a major league ball field other than probably the expansion Mets. They aren't that much better this year, but they are infinitely more interesting with Mize and Scooball and some of these guys starting to get called up. Uh, two other guys I want to focus in on. Kristen Stewart isn't a major league ball player, and maybe he will be one day, and maybe sending him down might do him some good. 160 average right now in a 496 OPS. That is, I be pitiful doesn't even describe it. That is that is a word that I don't even think I can use on here. It is it is horror awful. I think to quote uh, Shaquille O'Neal, it's a mix of horrible and awful. He's a terrible defender. He has the worst arm of any outfielder in baseball. He's not seeing fastballs particularly well. He's not seeing breaking balls particularly well. He's not a good major league player. Send him down. Give Derek Hill a shot. And no, I don't think Derek Hill will be a very good uh, major league player either. But uh, he's he's earned the shot to at least g- give it a try. Brutal, man. And last guy I want to talk about, uh, Joe Jimenez. You know, I, I know for a minute there, two years ago, there were a lot of people who were like, hey man, maybe they got something with this Jimenez guy. Maybe he is the closer of the future that we've been uh, clamoring for the last several seasons. Joe Jimenez right now, dating back to June 25th of 2018, 104 appearances, 94 and third innings, 6 and 12 record, 572 ERA, 1.140 whip, and 1.8 home runs per nine innings. Extremely hittable and not very good. That 2018 All-Star season that he had is looking more and more like a fluke every day. At a certain point, once you go beyond what is a small sample size, because that's not a small sample size, 104 uh, appearances, that's a majority of his career. At a certain point, you are the pitcher your numbers reflect you to be. He hasn't been good. He hasn't been that great in save situations. He's been even worse in non-save situations. And he has not been good this season outside of a few 1-2-3 innings really early on in the year. He's been pretty poor. So... I apologize for the doom and gloom, but not a whole lot good was happening for the Tigers in this most recent series against the Southsiders, and I predict probably not a whole lot of good will happen to them uh, over the weekend against the Cleveland Indians. I will preview those pitching matchups when we come back. Look, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually people just brush it off or blame themselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, or... They avoid it altogether with excuses like, "Ah, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. 
The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com xxx and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to roman.com slash lockedonmlb today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. And we're back. This will be a short uh, final segment here previewing the upcoming weekend series against the Cleveland Indians. Potentially some history could be made this weekend. If the Indians sweep this series, they will tie the all-time record for most consecutive wins against one team. Right now, it's at 20. The record is 23. Indians will have a chance to tie it this weekend. First up with the pitching matchups on Friday, you have Adam Plutko for the Indians. This, of course, coming from MLB.com. After two consecutive turns through the rotation in place of Mike Clevenger, Plutko will look to settle in on Friday against the Tigers. He gave up three runs Sunday in Detroit over just two and two-thirds frames. And, of course, Michael Fulmer going for the Detroit Tigers. He has a 0-0 and record and a 7.56 ERA. Fulmer continues to build velocity in his return from Tommy John surgery, but he paid for two homers and deep counts in a loss to the Indians at Comerica Park on Sunday. He gets a shot at revenge in Cleveland, where he made his last start against them in 2018. Moving on to Saturday. Not a whole lot to say about that game. We saw that pitching matchup on Sunday. Plutko didn't pitch particularly well. He's not incapable of pitching good baseball, and with Michael Fulmer, It's a crapshoot at this point. We won't know whether or not Michael Fulmer is back or not. I mean, probably till the end of the season. Right now, the the goal, just get him through three innings. Like, that's a start, right? That's something you can maybe build off of, maybe. On Saturday, a 7-10 game at Progressive Field in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. For the Indians, we have Tristan McKenzie making his Major League debut. McKenzie will be making his Major League debut on Saturday. The 23-year-old hasn't pitched in a game setting since August 2018 after missing all of 19 with upper back and pectoral strains. And on the mound for the Tigers, Matt Boyd coming in with an 0-3 record and a 9.64 ERA. The good news for Boyd is that he'll face a team other than the White Sox who led off with back-to-back homers off him in back-to-back starts. That is really amazing, isn't it? Ace-level stuff for Matt Boyd. The bad news is that Cleveland hit five home runs off him in two starts at Progressive Field last season. He has, he has like, never been good against the Indians, and he'll probably struggle. Hopefully, the Tigers' offense will be able to get going a little bit, uh, going up against a guy who will be making his major league debut, uh, of a guy who was a top 100 prospect at one point, Tristan McKenzie. Injuries have held him back, but we know how good the Indians are at developing starting pitching. I have no reason to believe that he won't at least be a solid major league starter. And then on Sunday, a day game, we have Carlos Carrasco for the Indians coming in with a 2-2 two and two record and a 3-7-1 ERA. After his last three outings, Carrasco said his biggest disappointment is the number of walks he has permitted. Now at 12 walks and 14 and two-thirds innings, he'll look to right his command against the Tigers. And of course, for the Tigers, we have Tarek Skubal making his second career major league start. The Tigers' number five prospect gets a chance to settle in to Detroit's rotation after the White Sox posted four runs on seven hits in two innings off of him on Tuesday in Chicago. His fastball topped out at 97 miles per hour, but he wasn't happy with his changeup. He probably shouldn't have been happy with really any of his off-speed stuff, but yeah, that changeup didn't look too good. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to see us get another shot at Scooby. I, I think, once again, he'll probably be on a pitch limit, probably no more than around 50, 55 pitches, but 
like I said at the beginning of the week, seeing him struggle is infinitely more interesting than seeing some of the other guys that we've seen in this rotation over the last several years struggle. So a tall order again for the Tigers. I mean, nine games in a row. I can I'll make a prediction here. I think they're going to get swept again. Like, I, I don't think Fulmer's going to pitch particularly well. I think Scooball will be better, but I think they'll probably lose to Carrasco. And I think Matt Boyd might get rocked again. I think they will end up pushing that losing streak to 23 games against the Indians and thus now losing 12 games in a row, possibly. Uh, we will see. Not not a whole lot of fun to be had right now outside of a couple guys making their Major League debuts. I do want to bring up one more thing before I head out and call it a weekend. Today is the 100th episode. Um, I, I don't really post, you know, which episode number it is uh, on the daily. That's kind of something that I keep to myself. But yes, today is episode number 100. Uh, this has been a very strange time. And I thought that I would be doing a lot more episodes talking about actual baseball games. A majority of the episodes I've made so far have not involved that because of the coronavirus pandemic. But with that said, I'm thankful for the audience that stuck with me. I really do enjoy doing this. I, I love coming on here and talking baseball. And I hope that that joy uh, is reciprocated by the fans. I hope that you have all enjoyed listening. Thank you very much for tuning in and sticking with me. That will do it for today's show. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thank you very much for listening to the previous 99. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend and go Tigers.